0: Welcome to Sidebar, a podcast from Hillside Community Church. I'm Jared, and each week I sit down with Pastor Aaron to pick his brain on biblical truths about relevant issues. After the episode, stay tuned to learn how to connect with us for more resources.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm Aaron McRae here with my friend
0: Jared. Jared, how's it going? Going good. I got a story for you. A story? Check this out. Okay. So, you know, I just bought a house. You bought a house. Congratulations uh, yet again. Thank you. Uh, I came home from work the other day and I'm walking up the front porch. Something's weird. You know how you walk past something and it's weird, but you don't know what it is? Yep. Like a you just can't place it. Yeah. So, I go inside, I start working. Jasmine comes home and she goes, Hey, did you move the plants? And I'm like, What are you talking about? Move the plants. Did you move the plants? She shows me there's two plants. Uh, up on my walkway in the driveway. Yeah. And I'm like, no, maybe it was your mom. You should call your mom and see if she, cause she likes plants. Yeah. Right. Her mom didn't do it. So Uh-oh. I look at my ring cameras. Oh, I have really old neighbors. Okay. The guy on my right, he has dementia. I'm not going to say his name cause that's yeah. a little messed up, you know?
1: know? And hopefully he's not listening to the podcast right <laughs> now. <laughs> he might be. I don't know, man. You never know.
0: But, um, so I'm looking at the ring camera 30 minutes after I left for work, this guy came onto my property Oh no! It's kind of my property. It's kind of the bank's property too. Moved potted plants from one side of the house to the other. What, dude? It was so weird. That is amazing. I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Welcome to the neighborhood. And then I go up to him a couple of days later and I go, "Hey, um, did you move my plants?" And he goes, "No." And I'm like, "I have <laughs> cameras. Like, <laughs> come on, what are we doing?" That's so great. And, he, and then I was like, "I have cameras," and he's like. Oh, well, maybe I did. It's just the house used to be like this. And I'm like, what is this? This is so wow. weird. What are you doing? It's that so is weird. amazing. Anyway, that's my, uh, that's my well, story. There you go. Well, homeownership,
1: hopefully that's as crazy as it gets in your neighborhood. It's, it gets wild. Sometimes. That's fascinating. Well,
0: Hey, as a reminder, subscribe, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just click on the little button there. Turn on the ding for notifications and subscribe. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that's how I'm going to do it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so what's happening in your world? So um,
1: for those of us in Southern California, here we are um, a few days after a crazy snowstorm. Yeah. Okay. So honestly, they kept saying blizzard, blizzard, blizzard. I'm like, seriously, we've lived in Chicago for a while. So if I don't see any snow, I'm going to be upset. And what do you know? It snowed it for a couple of hours snowed. around here. It's stuck at our house and, and here at the church. It's it stuck for just a little while. So we had a legit snowstorm yeah. in southern california i know it was Trey bizarre it was pretty crazy we uh, even made a snowman in our backyard you did we did it's a little is a little doggy size snowman <laughs> <laughs> we tried to put a carrot in its nose and uh our big
0: dog kept snatching the carrot out of the snowman's nose so oh my that's goodness. about as good as it gets uh yeah we got like at hillside tons of snow yeah it was crazy yeah, drove was up here homeless. on saturday morning and i was like this is christmas footage forever Yeah. We, we will have to make this one last for a decade. So I got a question for you. Okay. Um, we cast out a net for questions and somebody asked this, what's the proper way to help someone who's struggling? Do I reach out? Do I continue to be in prayer? Yeah.
1: I, I mean, it's a great question. It's a great, uh, what is that? Three questions. Um, and very complicated and, and nuanced and in a season like the one we're in, um, You know, I think it's a great question and it's one that we really would want to lean into. So I thought it was important to pick this question out. Um, There's at least two people maybe to talk about as we're even approaching this topic. Like, first of all, there's the person who is struggling, person going through pain. So let's just, what what kind of categories? I mean, this fits all kinds of categories. Somebody who's recently faced a diagnosis uh, or a family member has, and like your world feels it's turned upside down. Someone who uh, is in a relational strain. And it's just like feels so weighty. Uh, The death of a loved one, Um, someone fighting depression, anxiety, disappointment in a job, in a relationship kind of thing. So if you're the person who is struggling, like there's a certain level of vulnerability required. If if you got to ask for help for people to know that you need help and that requires some vulnerability. Um, There's also something to be said about like the community we create when things are good are usually the ones who show up if things get challenging. And so if you don't have those relationship when things are good, then sometimes it's really hard to build it when if things get tough. Also, the foundation of what we believe and value and live for are built I think in those calm times and they're revealed in the chaos time. So like for us, it's been like 14 years ago our daughter's diagnosed with this just terribly aggressive form of brain cancer. That was not the time to start saying, "What do we think about? What do we believe?" Um, it was chaos. And so we we're so thankful we had some values. We knew what we believed. They really sustained us through that time. But for the person who is struggling, the problems could be we can be prideful and not want to share our struggles. Like That's a real deal. Like, I don't want to look weak or I don't want to look like I have a need. It could be we've been hurt and there's walls that we put up. And the problem is that just further isolates us in a in a tough time. And then suffering You know, sometimes suffering really softens us, but for other people, let's just be honest, suffering makes us selfish and all we can see or feel is pain and we're reacting and seeing through that. So that's the person struggling. On the other hand, there's the person who's caring and moments like this require some kind of like EQ, some kind of emotional intelligence to know how to lean in, how not to. We have a saying that we use sometimes here around the staff, sort of birthed out of some tough times among other people. We would rather risk showing up for someone and it being a bad time versus avoiding someone in their struggle and the person feeling abandoned. So sometimes it's just a risky to to show up, but problems here are often we're just so busy. We're just so busy. We got our own things going on. And and a lot of times we show up for a crisis, but the truth is we can move on pretty quickly when the person struggling may be there for a long time. Um, We're in a self-absorbed culture. And so if it doesn't really impact the way that I live on a day-to-day basis, then, man, I'm sorry. Um, But sometimes it's hard to lean in. So we've got to slow down long enough to actually see and feel and care for the sake of, of others. And then you have this sort of umbrella, the, the question, how do we care? Um, Do we reach out? Do we continue to be in prayer? Um, You know, it's honestly based off of the different kinds of relationships. there's a different response for somebody who's in our inner circle, somebody who's family close 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 friend than there is friends in general or acquaintances you know there's there's an inviting in to people who are inner circle where acquaintances in a moment of struggle you may be like ah like I don't know if now is the time and so it's a challenging thing. But Scripture, the Bible, is absolutely crystal clear. One example of how we're to care is Romans 12, 15. The Apostle Paul writes, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. So it speaks about celebrating with others, like truly celebrating. Like you bought a house. That's amazing. Let's celebrate. Let's go move your potted plants around. (laughs) Rejoice, uh, but then mourn when, when others mourn, to lean into those heartbreaking times and to actually care. How do we do that? It's it's got to be like in practical, practical ways. So for the person who um, is struggling, there's a dilemma. If you hold in your pain, no one can really understand what you're going through, and there's lots of misunderstanding. But here's the other side of that coin: if you share your pain, and no no one really knows what to do, then there's more misunderstanding. So it can feel like a, a, a. a double whammy. If you're not careful, here's a couple things. I I just have a few things. Um, and then you can ask any questions you want to, if you follow up, just very, very, very practical. Here's how I think we've learned that we receive care and appreciate care. Number one, let the person who is struggling, set the pace. Don't be pushy. Don't come with your expectations. If you're a person who's trying to care, let the person who is struggling set the pace. If you reach out and they're not, um, it's not a good time, fine. Don't take offense to it. If you reach out and they invite you in, then step in. Don't knock the door down. Um, you can say something like, hey, I want to help and I probably won't do it all right. Please be patient with me. The person who is struggling may not even know like what they need in a moment. So you can say something like, whenever you realize what you need, please tell me what you want. I would love to help you in any way possible. You know, something else you can do is reach out consistently, but without expectation. You can text, but like At the end of the text, just say, hey, there's no need to respond. There's something relieving in a moment like that. You're still being sort of action oriented, but you're also saying, hey, no pressure. Like, I'm not expecting a response. And then don't be offended if there's not a response. Like, if a person is struggling, responding to your text or your whatever may not be at the top of their priority. And that's fine. That's acceptable. Your purpose in reaching out is not for a response. It's just to be available. I think praying to God for that person, the question was, you know, do you continue to pray? Do you continue to be in prayer? Absolutely continue to be in prayer no matter what, even if you're not seeing anything. Like sometimes um, prayer, you know, is an act of devotion that takes years before you see uh, anything. And sometimes some people don't ever see anything, some people uh, see it quicker. Uh, But I would say this in addition to praying, for to God, for the person, express to that person, Hey, I just want to let you know I'm praying for you. If I'm going through a hard time, I really do want you to pray. But, like, if you don't tell me you're praying, I don't get sort of that benefit. And there's just something good about saying, Hey, I want to let you know I'm praying for you. And even be specific, here's what I'm praying for you versus that generic, like, I'm praying for you. And you never really do. Right. And then, lastly, What I would say is just make yourself available and maybe make specific suggestions, again, without any expectation. But you can say something like this. I'm going to the grocery store today. Is there anything I can get you? So that way, the person who's struggling doesn't feel like, oh, man, they're taking this extra trip just for me. It's like, no, no, no. As I'm going through my normal daily activities, can I Serve you in the meantime, and so it's just a thoughtful kind of way to say, if there's anything I can do, I would love to help
0: out. What if the person who uh, you're you're praying for could care less if you're praying for them? Like they don't want to hear the God stuff. They don't want to hear about that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Don't force. You know, don't force prayer. Don't force faith. Don't don't force somebody in your attempts to care and to serve them in a time of need. Like, I don't think we're supposed to do that. The Bible speaks about a a wife who has a husband who doesn't believe. You know, the context seems to be like she came to faith at some point and he didn't. And so the instruction of the scripture is just like, be gentle, be humble by your example of following God. Maybe they could be won over just by seeing your example without any words, because sort of the context seems to indicate the husband is is totally against the faith and doesn't want to hear anything about it. So for somebody we're trying to serve, like, I think we're being gentle. Like that, that doesn't mean stop serving them or stop showing up, but it means we're not serving you Um, so that you will come to know Jesus. We're serving you because we love you and we have compassion. And hopefully your heart will be open to God in that moment. But we can't force that on somebody. But keep praying. You just don't have to tell them that you're praying for them.
0: What you just said sounds like the exact opposite of how America handles anything. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Uh, Yeah. our, Our approach is more do this or else. Yeah.
1: Or it's also a, I do this because what's in it for me. But what we're called to do is to love others as Christ has loved us. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it out of grace and out of his mercy. He loves us um, and he forgave us. And so we're to love and to forgive and to serve others out of that sort of overflow of what Christ has done in us.
0: If you like what Pastor Aaron's saying right now, you should watch on Sundays a lot more of this with more lights. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. But better lighting. Better. No, no, no. Looking at you, Ed. He's doing a great job. He's crushing it back there uh, what's one good thing you saw or heard this week? Yeah. So
1: I, um, for a while was really paying attention to what's going on in Kentucky, um, at Asbury university, they've called it sort of an outpouring God's doing just sort of a unique thing. It went on day after day, after day, after day for a couple of weeks. Um, and there's all kinds of approaches, you know, gosh, you look at it on, uh, social media and it's like all over the place. But Pete Gregg is a guy that I really, uh, really appreciate his work, wrote a couple of books, um, God on whatever, but God on mute is just crazy good, powerful, really sort of applied uh, a similar scenario of a health challenge his family has been that I've been in. It really resonated with me. He does the Lectio 365 app, which almost every single morning I'm listening to that. Anyway, He was saying in moments of revival, moments of unusual moves of God, that there's a saying that has been around. I had not heard it. So he was the first I heard say that. He said in regards to like unusual moves of God in our world, he said, I'd rather be found gullible than cynical. And it just took me aback for a moment. I was like, wait, wait, I'd rather be found gullible than cynical. We live in a world that's really cynical. I can find cynicism like growing in my heart. I can find a, a skepticism to try to point out every flaw and everything and start there. And then he said he'd rather be gullible. Now, there's not a lot of things that are like the deepest like cut. Like, you know what you are? Uh, you're gullible. And that's like it. Almost an ultimate slam to be like, oh no, nobody wants to be found gullible, because it's like, is that weak? Is that dumb? Is that all kinds of things? And he says, in regards to this kind of outpouring, I'd rather be found gullible than cynical. And so for me, it was a real challenge to say, okay, I think a lot of times if we're not careful, we approach things like a, a move of God outside of our box with. Closed, clenched fist, cynical, saying, I'm probably against this, convince me otherwise. Versus gullible feels like open handed. I'm open to this. And maybe this isn't um, in the box that I'm used to. Maybe this doesn't fit what I would say a, a work of God should, but I want to be open for God to do whatever. So I'd rather be found gullible than cynical. I just think, hey, maybe we do need a little bit more God gullibility instead of this sort of cynicism that just breeds. Like, we don't believe the best in anyone. We're looking for the worst. We're assuming the worst. And that is not a compliment of our modern society whatsoever. So God gullibility.
0: I just don't understand why so many people just hating on... Like what's, what's, what, what harm is being done? Some college students miss classes. They're going to miss classes anyways. I was a college student. Yeah.
1: What is the harm? Well, you know, for me, it's no different than any other topic we possibly post on any kind of social media. I mean, whether it's LeBron James or whether it's whatever, like everything is so divisive. Everything brings out these like vitriolic responses from both sides. Everybody has to have an opinion on everything automatically. And we don't really know that much about a lot of stuff, but we act like we do. And we all have a platform that we can say whatever we want to. And it's just like, that's just not doing us any good. And maybe we need to slow down. Maybe we need to think a little bit more. Maybe we need to actually spend time with some people who are up close uh, in, in real human interaction. You, most of these people would never say the same things to a person's face that they say online. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's. I think it's dehumanized us a little bit to be so living... Uh, virally or digitally or whatever. And maybe we just need to slow down a little bit and, and get back in touch with reality and real relationships and what it means to love and serve each other.
0: I hope so. I hope someday, so. someday. Hopefully. Yeah. Come on, America, get it together. <laughs> we can do it. Also, if you want help getting it together, watch us on Sundays. <laughs> Sorry. So awesome. <laughs> uh, but seriously, thanks pastor Aaron. I appreciate your wiseness. <laughs> <laughs> thanks Jared. Good. Being I mean with that. that. I think you're wise. I think you're very wise. Well, I, I appreciate that. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Again, if you like what you see, subscribe, subscribe, watch us on Sundays on that note. See you later. Sure. See you next time. All right. Hillside has been in Rancho Cucamonga for over 40 years, and we invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. You can also go to hillsidechurches.com to watch the messages live online or watch from our Hillside Community Church app, available right now in the App Store. For more weekly content and to stay up to date, follow us on social media at Hillside Churches on both Facebook and Instagram.